0: So this morning uh, <clears throat> we are going to finish off this followers' weekend, and um, and uh, this message is going to continue to kind of talk about uh, what we talked about last night and kind of move forward and look at it practically. And uh, I'm not going to be preaching; we're actually going to be having a friend preach. Um, some of you have met him this weekend. His name is Eastman. God kind of brought him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pumped. God kind of just randomly brought him to our church. He sent me an email. He said, hey, what's going on with your church? And we talked, and we became friends. And uh, he's just—he's done a ton over the years, pastored churches, been youth pastor, gone to, gone to different retreats. He's actually preached here, I found out, like six times at different retreats over the past 20 years. So we're very excited to have him. He's an amazing speaker. I'm so excited. So get your pens ready. Get your notes ready. Get your Bibles ready. And he is going to bring the word. So welcome Eastman to the stage. Oh my. I don't know if anybody else has had fun, but I've had more fun than I should be allowed to have here at Epworth. I heard everybody talking about it. They kept saying, man, Epworth is amazing. You won't believe it. It's just fantastic. I'm like, oh yeah. I've done a bunch of camps. I've seen a lot of stuff. And then I come here. I'll never be the same. I want you to know that. Things are happening. And the cool thing is, man, this is the beginning. This is a launching pad. This isn't the end. We're on the launching pad. We're launching out into what God has for us. We walk out these doors in just a few minutes. How many of you are walking out a little different than the way that you walked in here on Friday? Anybody? Would you reach over, shake somebody, say, I'm different? Just tell them that. Say, I'm different. It has been such a blast. This is the first time, I've got to tell you, this is the first time I've ever been... At this retreat where we threw down a dance like you guys threw down on Friday night. You guys are crazy. Can I just say that? Is it okay? Flat out crazy. I, I want you to, to look at this scripture. We're going to be going through the book of uh, Luke. Everybody shout Luke. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. I want to share something with you real quick. Jesus is talking. And this is what he says. He said, then he said to them all... If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. I love how he's saying, he says, come after. And there sounds like there's some excitement, some enthusiasm, some passion involved. And I'm telling you something, God wants us to be people of passion. It's okay to be excited about following Jesus. It's all right to be fired up about giving your whole heart into it. It, I believe it's okay to worship God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. I believe it's okay to get that radical. Anybody else believe that besides me? Somebody say, it's okay. In fact, I got to tell you this. When I first I graduated from Bible college years and years and years ago, there was like, you know, Noah and Moses and then Eastman. I, I graduated from way, way, way back. And uh, one of the first uh, revivals that I ever spoke at, now revivals when you have like a series of meetings like at the same church at night. And so, you know, you, you, you go there and you're asked to preach maybe two or three nights. You preach two or three nights and things are happening. So they say, hey, would you mind staying over for a few more nights? So I was at this one church. And I was there not one week, wasn't there two weeks. I was there for three weeks, every night ministering. We were having just such a great time, just such a blast. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm realizing I'm not the only one that preaches at this church. Everybody in the church could preach. Even the dude making the announcements, when he'd come out, he wouldn't just say the announcements. He'd do what we call hooping the announcements. Now, some of you may have no idea what hooping is. And rather than try to explain to you what a hoop is, I'm going to demonstrate a hoop, okay? This is, this is hooping. Well, I want you to know, ha! That's a hoop right there, okay? So this guy would get up, and he'd stand up behind the platform, and he'd say, Somebody let the lights on in the parking lot tonight, ha, ha, ha! And everybody's getting excited about the lights being on in the parking lot, you know? Baby number 473's crying in the nursery and he, he would add syllables to words, and it just kept going. And it was just like, I'm so fired up about babies crying and lights being on in the parking lot and the, and you know, you know, the, the potluck dinner that they're going to have the next week. And Man, I am just so fired up. And I'm thinking, man, this is just announcements. I wonder what this guy would be like if you put some Bible in his mouth. I wonder what would, if he could just quote a scripture or just let it go. So one I, I think it was like a Thursday night, I, I came up to him. I said, brother, these are the best announcements I've ever heard in my life. He goes, thank you. I go, listen, would you mind, I, you know, you're, you're just preaching these announcements. But would you mind taking just a, a Bible scripture tonight and just, just take a few minutes and just talk a little bit about that Bible scripture? Mm, yeah. So this is going to be good. So sitting up there, we just got done with praise and worship, and in that little church, there was no air conditioning. We just had the windows open, and everybody had their little fans, you know, those little cardboard fans. With, on one side, there's a picture of Jesus knocking on your heart's door. And on the other side, it's Leroy's Funeral Home is advertised on the back of it. And it sounded like a, it sounded like a tongue depressor, big t- so you just fan. And so everybody had their fans out. They just finished praise and worship. And the the announcer got up and he does this. He starts to quote out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 59. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. But this is how he does it, okay? they got to remember the musicians never left their position the whole time that we were there. All the bands stayed right up there the whole time, just waiting for a place to jump in. So this guy stands up there and he, he goes like this. He goes, when the enemy, the enemy comes in like a flood. And everybody in the church kicks their head back, and they all shout, flood! And then all of a sudden, the Hammond B3, what? It kicks in too, okay? So this big organ is kicking in right there. He said, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God is going to oh, raise up, raise up, raise up, raise up, raise And all of a sudden, the drummer, bass player, do 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 doo Everybody jumps up on their feet, and all of a sudden, they just start dancing, and they were good. I mean, these guys had moves, almost like Cole. <laughs> Amazing. This dude, I mean, they're dancing, Everybody. and I don't care if, you know, and it's like all the women in the church, they all wore hats. So when they stood up, there was like an eclipse that took place. If you're still sitting down, you were just, you were just covered. You couldn't see anything. So you had to stand up with them. So everybody's standing up. And the floor's moving because it's a wooden floor. And everybody's just doing that. And I'm going to try to give it justice. I don't know. i got my flip-flops on. But I, I'm gonna, this is how they, they do this little. And they're doing this. And they would, they would steer. <laughs> they would steer with their finger. And man, I am so excited about the Spirit of the Lord raising up a standard, I am just, I, I'm like a home-slice white bread boy just in there, and I am just so stoked. I just start screaming, woo, and I just start running. I run around, you know, <laughs> knocked a chair over, got back to my seat, and I'm like, wow, I give Grandma sitting in the front row a high five. I'm like, man, standard of the Lord. This is powerful stuff. Woo, standard of the Lord. I sit down, I thought, what the heck is a standard of the Lord? You ever do that? You get all excited. You don't know why you got excited. You just got excited. So I'm like, what is a standard, Lord? So I looked it up. The word standard, now check this out. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. The word standard is literally a flag of victory. Now, when it looks like there's no way out of your situation, things don't look good. Things are going bad. All of a sudden, you know what God does? He doesn't back up and say, okay, we gotta, we got to throw the retreat flag up. He doesn't do that. You know what God does? He throws the flag of victory to the top of the flagpole. He says, hey, you're not going under. You're going over. You're not going down in defeat. You're launching up in what victory I've got for you. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in, he raises the standard, the flag of victory. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm getting excited about Jesus. Tell somebody that. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how hard it gets, God wants us to be enthusiastic about serving Him, enthusiastic about following It's okay to be enthusiastic. Somebody shout. <laughs> and today, if you have your little notebook, open up your notebook, if you would, because it has three things up on the top of what we're talking about today, the worship session four, wherever... He wants us to be enthusiastic. He wants us to be a follower of Him wherever. Somebody shout, wherever. Luke chapter 9, verse uh, 57, this is what it says. Luke 9, 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Him, I will follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Now, as we see this in the book of Matthew, Jesus is talking actually... He's walking, and, and the guy that's telling him this is a teacher of the law. So he's all exuberant. He sees the big crowds. He's excited. He says, Jesus, wherever you go, man, I'm following you wherever you go. That's what he says, wherever you go. This wannabe follower says that. All of a sudden, Jesus says this. He goes, Luke chapter 9, verse 57, Jesus replied, foxes have homes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He's looking at this guy. and can see him just sort of smiles. He says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus looks at him and goes, you know what? I'm homeless. I don't know if that's going to be a deal breaker for you, but, but you know, we're not staying at the Ritz Carlton every night. We don't have room service every single day. Uh, you know, there will be some nights that we may have to sleep in a bunk bed with a bunch of people packed in it. You know, it's not, it's going to, it can get rough. There will be times that you get a bamboo mat. You may be sleeping out in the woods somewhere, and all you've got is a little kerosene lantern. That may be it. You know, it's not gonna be just plush all the time and sure he does lead us into green pastures, he does lead us beside still water, sure he does, he's got the best for us, he really does. But you know, there's sometimes it may not be comfortable. Our security may seem like it's like like a little infringed upon, but it's okay. There's something about following Jesus. And I want you to think about this. Where is the most difficult place for you to follow Jesus? Is it at your school? Is it, is it at uh, your your home? Is it in your business? Is, you know, where is it when you're at work? Where's the most difficult place for you to really follow Jesus? I, I know when I was growing up, the most difficult place for me was boarding school. Now, you got to understand, I got kicked out of three schools for drugs and alcohol when I was growing up. And all of a sudden, after a little while, I began to realize, hey, life has got to be a little bit more than just sitting in a beanbag chair watching a lava lamp. There's got to be more to life than that. And <laughs> My dad had given me one last chance. It was one of those, he spent all this money on me, send, sending me to military academies, sending me to private schools. So he said, this is it. I'm not spending any more money. So I remember coming into my dad's office, and I said, Dad, please, you know, I don't want to go to Juvenile delinquent Center. I see the guys that go in there. I don't want to come out the way that they've come out. Please give me one more chance. So my dad puts me in this school in uh, Howie in the Hills, Florida, which is just near Leesburg, and it was a school called Howie Academy. So my dad didn't know this, but that's where all the parents sent their problem kids. I mean, they sent them all there, and so I, I get sent there, and you know everybody at the school is partying. I mean, and I'm there. I'm going to try to quit smoking herb. I'm going to try to quit drinking. I just I need to fly right. I need to do the right thing. And man, I was trying. I was trying. And then I heard about this radical bunch of people that called themselves born again Christians, and I thought, why are they so fired up? I mean, they're just they're so excited. What what is this? So I went to a little Presbyterian church. That's the only church that, that was right near our, our school that I was attending. So I, I go to this little Presbyterian church, a little grandma is back there. And I see her. She's just radiant. You ever see those people? They're, just, whoo, they're like wired to 220 volts, watts. I mean, they're just fired up. And, and I look at her, and I think, I don't know what she's got, but, but I want what she has. And she shook my hand when I came in. I thought, man, that, something about that lady. And I, I didn't really hear the pastor's message. I was just more thinking about, I don't know what that lady's got, but she's got something. She's overdosed on Geritol or vitamins or something. I don't know what it is, but I want what she has. And I was walking out, and this same little grandmother, she shared one sentence with me that has forever changed my life. This is what she said. She said, young man, you can be different with Jesus. That's all she said. And all of a sudden... All the pieces of the puzzle came together. One of the schools that I got kicked out of was a Lutheran school. So we had to go through Luther's small catechism. And, and all those scriptures that we had in, the, in, in doing this, they all came together. And I, I began to really realize for the first time that God wasn't mad at me. God didn't have a lightning bolt with my name written on it just waiting to, you know, zap me. God, he loves me. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, the Bible says in Romans 2, 4. And so for the first time, I really realized that God really does love me. He doesn't want to just dangle me over the flames of hell on a piece of dental floss and wait for me to, to fall. That's not, he's got something different. And so that night, when I realized God loved me, I, I just did something so radical. I knelt down and said, Jesus, I, I, I just, I'm giving you my life. I, I've made a mess of what I've got. Would you just take over? And that, that was my sinner's prayer. God, give, here I am. Just take me. And all of a sudden, it was the most amazing thing. It was like all the guilt... All the condemnation, all the inferiority, all the inadequacy just rolled off my shoulders. And man, I just, I am free. I, I, I can't explain it except just that it was just like the most amazing thing. And the next morning I got up and I walked into the principal's office of the school that I was attending, Howie Academy. I sat across the desk room and I said, sir, I got to talk to you for just a moment. I said, something happened to me. This weekend, Jesus Christ became real in my life, and I'm what they call a born-again Christian. Watch my grades. Watch my attitude. You're going to see a difference in me. And then I got to walk out. I left the principal with his jaw just dropped right open. They called him a headmaster back then. And so from that semester forward, now, remember, I was a failure in school. I made straight Fs. At least I was consistent, straight Fs. But what happened was, all of a sudden, now I'm on the honor roll every semester. I got elected senior class president that year, and check this out. I got the first scholarship ever offered to anyone at Howie Academy for my leadership capabilities and my exemplatory conduct. And somebody says, well, Eastman, it just sounds like you're bragging. Look up here. I want you to understand this. Yes, I am. I am bragging, and I'm going to brag and brag and brag, not about what I've done, but I'm going to brag about what Jesus Christ can do in the life of a person if you just let him. Somebody shout, let them. So when we make that decision, man, I am a follower of Jesus, things begin to change. So I, I'm going to this, this school, and, and my whole life is transformed. My whole life has changed in the midst of all this. And while while I was there, uh, I, w- I would come in from the weekend, and, and everybody in the school began to realize that I was a Christian. And so one day, I, I'm praying over my meal at food because, you know, in at boarding school, you lived on campus. You couldn't act one way at school and then go home and be different with your parents, and then, you know, you're different on the football field or on the baseball team or, you, or in the, you know, locker room, wherever it was, you... They saw you. You lived with these same guys. I mean, you woke up in the morning, they were there. You ate, you were there. I mean, you went to school, they were there. You go to bed, they were still there. You lived on campus. And so they, they all knew you. So they found out that I had gotten saved. And there's one guy, one of my friends, was always ribbing me, always giving me a hard time about my faith and how I believed in Jesus and just thought it was, you know, just a, a pansy thing to do. And I remember one day I'm praying over my food. And, you know, I got my tray, I sat down, I just bowed my head, and I prayed over my food. And he jumped up and he goes, Eastman, are you praying over your food? Oh my God, everybody Eastman's praying over his food. And I remember he said that and I jumped up and said, You don't? Oh my gosh brother I've worked in the kitchen I know what goes on back there if anybody should pray over their food it needs to be us I saw a couple guys bow their head and start praying over their food but you know so many times we we, we people freak out that we come home from the weekend and they're all boasting and bragging about you know what they did over the weekend oh man we so drunk, it was amazing. We partied. Oh, it was oh, it was just great. I got so drunk I just threw up. It was just great. Man, I threw up all over the place. And I, man, I forgot my name even. I forgot my mama's name. I just got drunk. And then they look up at me and they go, Hey church boy, what'd you do this weekend? And when I first got saved, I'd I, I, I hang my head and go, well, I, I went to church. And I thought, what the heck? So I started coming in Monday morning, walking down the hallway. Oh, my gosh. This weekend was amazing. My life is different. I was in church. Pastor was preaching the word of God. Man, he was sharing some points. I'll never be the same. Hey, hey, what would you do this weekend? I got drunk and I threw up. I want you to know it's okay to turn stuff around. If anybody will be a radical follower of Jesus, you're going to make a difference wherever you go. And that's what God wants us to do. Not just go through the motions of life. Man, when you're walking down the hallway of your school, understand this. You are highly favored of the Lord. Understand this. Man, when people look at you, there is something different about you. You may not feel lightning bolts, signs and wonders shooting out of both your nostrils. You may not feel anything except pooped out and tired because you've just been to Epworth. But when, let me tell you this, but when you're walking down the hallway, people will notice there is something different about you. When you get home in just a little while, uh, later on today, you know, your parents that have had great sleep will pick you up, or your brother or a friend's going to pick you up. They're going to ask you, well, how was Worth? How'd it go? And you know, you you've probably had a total of three hours of sleep the entire time that you've been here. There's going to be a temptation to say, oh yeah, it was good, and just put your head down and just pass out. Don't do it. Resist the temptation. I mean, don't, don't even let them ask you how it went. Just, say, oh, my gosh, I got to tell you something. I made a decision this weekend. I am a follower of Jesus, and I'm doing it with all my soul, all my heart, all my strength. I'll never be the same. Something happened to me. Would you touch somebody say, he's talking about me? Tell somebody that. Yeah, that's what you're going to do. You're different. Something has happened. You've made a difference, a choice to be different. So wherever you are, God wants you to be different. And he wants you to make a difference. Wherever you are, he wants you to be a follower of him. Second thing is, whenever. Somebody shout, whenever. Listen to what happens in the book of 9. Go to the next verse in verse 59. He said to another man, follow me. Jesus is saying, follow me. Giving the invitation like we heard the first night, follow me. Same invitation that he gave to Matthew. The same invitation that he gave to Peter. The same invitation that he gives to Luke. The same invitation he gives to John, follow me. So all of a sudden, this man looks up at him and he says, but the man replied, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. And, you know, that sounds noble. I'm just going to, you know, am going to go bury my father. And then Jesus said something pretty radical in verse 60. Then Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, you got to understand this. Don't freak out. Because when I first read that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's pretty harsh. The guys, dad has just died. And, you know, Jesus said, just let him be. Forget it. Don't, you know, don't, don't, you're not obligated to your, just go and, and let the dead bury the dead. Just get, that's not what he's saying. This guy's dad, according to Bible scholars, was still alive. If his dad would have been dead, he would have been all enthralled in the, the burial ceremonies and all this kind of stuff. So, But it, that wasn't happening. His dad, many Bible scholars don't even think the guy's dad was sick. What the guy is saying is, it's really not a good time for me. My dad will totally freak out. If I follow you right now, he's going to be upset at me. So what's going to happen is, once my dad dies, once we put him in the ground, then I'm going to follow you with everything I've got. You know, there's a lot of people like that. I'll follow you, God, when? I'm really going to sell out when? I'm really going to step over that line when I graduate from high school. No, wait, wait, wait let me get out of college. Once I get my college degree and I get out of college, then I'm going to be a follower of you. No, hold on. Wait, let me get married first, God. Once I get married, have kids, then I'm going to follow you. Well, hold on a minute. My business, I need need to really focus in on my business. So really, uh, wait till I, I retire, then I'm going to follow you. And you miss out on the life that God has for you. Now, Jesus is saying, I want an immediate response. If you really want to sell out, if you really want to follow me, if you really step over that line, we've made decisions this weekend. We are going to be followers of Jesus, and it's going to start right now. Somebody say right now. You know, wherever you are, I I have a a poster in my room, and it says, bloom where you're planted. So what does that say? It says, wherever you are, where are you at right now? That's where you're going to bloom. What's going on in your life right now? That's where you're going to bloom. That's where you're going to shine. Where are you at right now? Well, right now in my life, and I'm having a blast, I, I drive Uber. You are looking at a professional Uber driver, ladies and gentlemen. I help lots of people get home safely at night, and it is a blast. I pick people up, they get in my car, and they're mine, and they're captive, For 15 minutes, 30 minutes, they're in there with me. And and we have a blast. It is more fun than I should be allowed to have in that car. And I am thrown into every situation. I mean, I, they just start telling me what's going on in their life, probably because I'm not condemning, I'm not judging them at all. I just sit there, I listen to the stories that they tell me, and I'll laugh, I'll tell them some of my stories, they'll tell me some of their stories. And they just really open up, and they begin to share some things. Well, every now and then, you get to, you, you get to meet some pretty cool people. The other day, and I don't even know really know who this is, but a, a little, uh, little thing comes up, and it says that, you know, you've got a, you've got a call that you've, uh, you've got to... Uh, you, you got to pick somebody up. I'm like, okay, all right, who is it? And there's, there's this name that pops up, and it says Jalen. Like, okay, cool, Jalen, that's a cool name. So all the way, every time that I, their name pops up on who I'm going to go pick up, and then a little map pops up, I, uh, I'm praying for them on the way there. Father, I don't know who Jalen is, but I'm just asking that you just move on this person and, and just let their hearts be receptive to what you have. And all of a sudden, I come up to this big gated community. I pull up, and I go, hi, I'm here to pick up Jalen. I named off the address where I'm going. And the lady stepped back, she goes, you're picking up Jalen? Oh, I love Jalen. He's a good guy. I go, really? Yeah, oh, he's a great guy. Jalen Ramsey, great guy. I go, Jalen Ramsey? Why does that name sound familiar? Oh, he plays for the Jaguars. Oh, cool. He's going to ride Uber with Eastman. (laughs) I pull up there. Page him, let him know that I'm there. He comes out, you know, looking good. He's got a little backpack on. Gets there, he says, I need to go to the football field. All right, let's go. He gets inside the car. They got practice. So sitting inside the cars, I'm asking them all sorts of questions. Man, where are you from, Jalen? People up at the front, they love you, man. You got a fan up there. And, uh, you know, she, he's just telling me, he starts laughing. He says, yeah, they do. They like me here. They're all right. And so we're driving down the road. So where are you from? Well, I'm from Tennessee. I go, really? I lived in Tennessee for about a year, worked in Nashville. We called it Nash Vegas. He goes, oh, that's what they call it, Nash Vegas." So we're driving other. there. We're just talking, having fun. I said, now, how long have you been here? He tells me, I said, well, have you found a good church to plug into yet? No, but I'm looking. I said, oh, hey, I got one for you, Beach Church. It is amazing. You will love it. We got a bunch of people there. The pastor's always encouraging, man. When you when you walk into church, he builds you up. He doesn't beat you up. You come out pumped up, fired up. You're ready to go. I mean, you just want to rip the door off the hinges. You're just excited. He goes, I like that kind of stuff. I said, yeah, you'll love our church too. So I handed him a little brochure about it. I said, I know you're probably busy on Sundays right now, but hey, we've got podcasts. Check out the podcast. You'll love it. And so I give him the little brochure, and he takes a brochure. He puts it inside his backpack. And, you know, so you're sowing, see, wherever you go, bloom wherever you're planted. And that's what God wants us to do. I've had the opportunity to pray with several people in my little car to receive Jesus as their Savior. Well, i I got to wait till I get up at the pulpit and preach and give an altar call. No, man, where are you at right now? Bloom right now. Don't wait for next year. Don't wait till you graduate from school. Start right now. Make a difference where you are. Everybody say start now. That's what God wants us to do is to take a step and start right now. And then the third thing is whatever. Somebody shout whatever. So we got whenever. We've got wherever. And we've got whatever. All right. Luke chapter 9 verse 61. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my father. That sounds noble. I just want to say bye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back over his shoulder is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And that word fit means really effective. So when you first hear that, Jesus didn't want, to tell his, he didn't want him to tell his dad that he was saying goodbye. He didn't want to tell his mom, give him a big bigger hug and say, Mom, I'm going to be following Jesus. No, that's not what he's saying. See, back then when they would do a, a goodbye and there was a transfer from doing one vocation to another, they would have a big party. They'd invite, you know, the dad. They'd have dinners and they'd spend the night, spend a week. And then, then they'd go and they got to talk to my aunts and uncles and then I got to go to my cousins and I got to do all this. So this could have been taking months for this progress to take place. And just say, man, when you set your hand to the plow, you don't look back over your shoulder. You just keep going. Don't let things hold you back. I love what the author of Hebrews says. Listen to this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. This is out of the New Living Translation. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. What's slowing us down? What's hindering our progress You know what God says? Just turn loose of it. Just let that go. A lot of times we're so concerned whether we'll be accepted, so concerned whether we'll be, you know, rejected by other people that we don't really, we don't really move into being a fervent follower of Jesus because we're afraid. Well, what will people think? They may think I'm weird. Well, let me tell you, they already think you're weird. It's okay. So just step into what God has for you. Just move totally into it. Let me tell you the story of what happened. Years ago, at the University of Georgia, a woman was asked to speak by the name of Madeline Murray O'Hare. Now, some of you may have heard of Madeline Murray O'Hare, but in the early 60s, Madeline Murray O'Hare was a lawyer that brought before the Supreme Court that it was against the constitutional rights for teenagers or children to have prayer in public schools. So one loudmouth, belligerent lawyer A professing atheist got prayer taken out of our public schools. One person did that. And so this woman, she just lost. She was just, you know, just so fervently fighting something that she didn't even believe in. I don't understand that, why people fight something they don't believe exists, but a lot of atheists do that. And so she was fighting, you know, against prayer and and all this kind of stuff. And so she was asked to speak at the University of Georgia as a woman that changed the course of of the United States and and did something, had a vision, and she did it and accomplished it. So she gets to the University of Georgia, professing atheist, president of the American Atheist Club. And so she stands up and, and she begins to curse she begins to ridicule she begins to just blaspheme and just you know degrade and inject doubt and unbelief and she stands up there and she says if there really is a god now this is in front of the entire assembly if there really is a god i want him to strike me dead now and she folds her arms and everybody got real quiet and so about 15 seconds go by nothing happened just pure silence She laughs, ha, see, there is no God. And I'm thinking, Lord, man, why didn't you make her a crispy critter? That would have been awesome, man, just a burnt offering. That would have been on CNN. You know, Madeline Murray finds out there really is a God. You know, there she is, a burnt offering up there just smoldering. But you know why God didn't do that? Because God loved Madeline Murray O'Hare. Even the one that got prayer taken out of school. Just lost, just looking at the wrong thing, just wandering around, bumping into stuff. And so God loves her. Didn't strike her dead right there. Thought, man, what a great opportunity. But he didn't do it because he loves Madeline Murray O'Hare. So she laughed. She stepped off the platform. And she had her lavalier mic still on. And she looked back at the person that introduced her and said, I dare anybody to speak about their God now. And it went over the PA system. Everybody could hear it. And all of a sudden, in the back of that auditorium was a little freshman girl. She'd never been away from home. But she was freshman. She's sitting back there with her classmates. And she heard Madeline Murray O'Hare talking, and a fire started going off in her heart. Because who does this woman think she is talking? She that, said, that's, that's my Jesus she's talking about. He's the one that forgave me of all my sin. I know he's real. He's changed my life. He's touched my whole family. And all of a sudden, when Madeline Marie O'Hare steps off the platform, this little woman, a little freshman girl, rises to her feet. And she takes a big breath in, and she begins to sing that old hymn. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And as she begins to sing that old hymn, all of a sudden, the people sitting next to her, they rose to their feet. And then the row in front of her, they rose to their feet. Then the row behind, they joined in and they started singing, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. And before she had finished that first verse, everyone in that large auditorium had risen to their feet and was singing, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Madeline Muriel here is freaking out. She's back there in a panic. She's trying to get control. She grabs the microphone. She starts yelling, waving her hands. And the sound man was anointed. How are of you are grateful for anointed sound men? the sound man was anointed and he just turned the volume off on her microphone. And they, that whole meeting just got changed because of one freshman girl that said, whatever. I'm not going to let the fear of other people keep me back. Now, I want to close with this statement, this little story. There, back in 1300, there was... A group of knights called the Knights of Templar. And they were the most aggressive most skilled fighters around at that time. You may have seen the shirts that they would wear. It would be a white tunic, and they'd have a big red cross on it. That was was them. And their job, they worked with the Catholic Church, ordained by the Catholic Church. And their job was to help protect the pilgrims, the Christian pilgrims that would go all over the world, especially to Jerusalem. And they'd fight against all sorts of people that would ever try to attack them or try to hurt them, and they kept them safe. But the Knights of Templar, what they would do is the Catholic church would baptize them, and they would do it through immersion. I, I know they sprinkle a lot, but with these knights, they would immerse them in water. And the Knights of Templar would have their sword. That was their, this is, man, this this was their moneymaker. This is what they used to protect. This is what they used to fight. This is what, this was their life right here. And so they would be baptized in water, totally immersed, and they would hold on to their cross. But when they would go into the water, the one thing that they would do is not, hold their cross or hold their uh, their sword close to them they'd hold their sword out like this and they'd be immersed and the sword never went in the water and what they're saying is lord i give you all of my life all of my mind all of everything that i have except for my sword you can't have my sword that's mine and you start to think well why is that and you know i think a lot of us we have things in our life that we will let go Of everything else but will hang on to one thing. Whether it's your fear of being accepted. Or whether it's, you know, your love life. Or whether it's, you you know, you're hanging on to one thing you know you shouldn't be hanging on to. It's, well, i got to make a lot of money first. got to do this first. And all that's good. but, But the problem is, put that in the water with you. Put your dreams in the water. Let God be Lord. Let be a follower of Jesus in every aspect of your life. And as you step over that line... And you say, God, I've made a decision this weekend. I am a follower of Christ. I'm not just a fan. I've made a different decision. I am going to follow you wherever, whenever, and with whatever. My entire life is yielded over to you. Now, some of you are going back to some situations in just a few minutes. You're going back home. And some of the things that are waiting for you back home, you've got some friends that will do everything they can to pull you back into the same rut that you've made a decision to come out of while you've been here at Epworth. So if you're going back to some stepmoms, stepdads, you may not get along with them, may not get along with your mom, your dad like you know you should be, brothers, sisters that know how to push your buttons. But you know what? Even though you're going back to the same situations and the same circumstances that you came out of, the good news is you are different. You're going back a follower of Jesus. And as you've made that decision to be a follower of Jesus, and you are different, let me tell you what's going to happen. Your friends are going to be different because you're different. Your family is going to be different because you're different. Your business, your job, where you work at is going to be different because you're going back different than the way that you came. You're going back a different way then you came here. Somebody made a decision to be a follower. And I want you to see yourself when you get back that you're not the same person that left. You are now not a fan, but you are a follower. And I want to close in prayer real quick, but before I do that, if you're here and you're saying, Eastman, honestly, there's, I'm going back to some situations, and I just want to stay up at worth the rest of my life, I feel like. I I don't want to go back because I know I just feel like I'm going to backslide. I I don't want that to happen. And you're going back into some, some tough situations. I want you to know you're not going back alone. You're standing with a group of people that love you. You've got the Holy Spirit going with you. You've got the power of God going with you. You've got a commitment that you've made to Jesus. Things are going to be different. But if you're a little nervous about going back home, and you just need a special prayer because you made a decision... Last night, you made a decision. The night before, made a decision, maybe even sitting in your seat, that you're going back different, but you're a little nervous about going back because you don't want to slide back into the same stuff that you've come out of. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet, if that's you. If you're a little nervous about going back home, because I want to pray for you right where you're standing. And as you do that, Jesus Christ is going to give you an assurance. He's going to give you a peace. He's going to give you a joy that when you're going back, you're not going back the same way you came. You're going back totally different, totally changed. Look at this. Amen. This stuff works. Jacksonville will never be the same again because you're not the same. Florida will never be the same. Georgia will never be the same. This world will never be the same because you're not the same again. I want you to do this with me. I want you that are standing up. Would you lift your hand up toward heaven? And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray this out loud. Unashamed and unembarrassed. Heavenly Father. I have decided. To follow Jesus. I'm not holding back. I am going with you. I am following you. And you will move in my school. You will move in my friends. You will move in my family. My family will never be the same. Because I'm not the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen. Give God a shout of praise. Thank you, guys. Woo!